0: to have a little more latitude to get a little fireier in my uh, in my comments. It's the sort of thing that I don't think swing voters are looking for. I think they actually want a return to normalcy, a sense of more calm and 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 peace in our politics, not more toxicity. But when you're talking to a room of people who've paid a lot of money to be there, mm. you can have a little more punch. Yeah. I mean,
1: I don't think that that's what, you know, this is going to boil down to. If it comes down to Biden and Trump, I don't think uh, I don't think they're going to be reserved. I mean, how do you think, first of all, about the blows that are being dealt back and forth? I mean, we're this far out of the election, and we're already hearing this. I can only yeah. imagine what's in store. Well,
2: we're this far out of the election, and I think Joe Biden, the rationale for Joe Biden's candidacy is falling apart. The The rationale for Biden's candidacy is that he's the guy who can win back the forgotten Americans who voted twice for him and Barack Obama and then switched to Trump in 2016. And he's going to for those uh, forgotten Americans. The problem is those forgotten Americans are doing better under Trump than they did under Obama and Biden. Me- by half a million manufacturing jobs created in the last, uh, in the last two years. Uh, unemployment rate for those without a high school education is the lowest it's ever been on record. Six percent wage growth for those people. So if you look at the states that he's got to win back, Wisconsin, the unemployment rate is 2.9 percent. Pennsylvania, 3.9 percent. Michigan, 4%, Ohio, 4 percent. Ohio, 4.4 percent. The forgotten Americans are doing really well under Donald Trump so why would they switch horses to Joe Biden? Uh, so his whole point, the whole point of his campaign is to get those people back. He probably not able point, to do it. But then again, a year and five months is still sure, right, yes. or a year and six months, whatever it is. Yeah. It's still a long way to go. Yeah. Uh, we have this for Marianne today. Hillary Clinton was in California and said the following about 2016.
3: I think it's also critical to understand that, as I've been telling candidates who have come to see me, you can run the best campaign you
1: can even become the nominee and you can have the election stolen from you. Ha! Huh. So first things first, uh, one of the commentators, and it didn't mention her name, said that Biden is pandering for normancy. Normancy. So that what are they trying to say at Fox? That a presidency with President Trump is not normal? Are we so used to a Gestapo regime, a socialist government, that that's now considered normal. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, after Thiessen made the great comment where, you know, Biden's going to have to win back all those people that left the Obama camp and went under the Trump camp, right?, when he made that comment, so rightfully so, because of all the work the president has done with his hands and feet bound because of Mueller, remember, he would have achieved much, much more in the first two years if we didn't have this scandal. If we didn't have the Democratic Party, or shall I say the deep state, the corrupt fourth unelected branch of government trying to steal the election or try to usurp our democratic process or try Try to overthrow a duly elected president he would have done much more but here's the thing then chimes in another fox contributing saying well you know uh, he can do a lot within a year and six months so i'm a little bit concerned at the uh subliminal i would say messages that are coming out now uh hillary says it all They are going by the fact that the election was stolen from them. And what concerns me is, is how was it stolen from her when all they did was try to fix the election? She lost a rigged election. Rigged. She rigged it from the point of trying to get herself cleared quicker for committing crimes, which which I will elaborate. She then, in turn, um, attempted with the DNC and Barack Hussein Obama to manufacture. A conspiracy uh, between President Trump and his campaign and the Russian government to blame as to why her emails were hacked, what the issue was, and to formulate the notion that our president is a foreign agent or working with foreign agents so that way they can remove him from the post of president so she can go in. This is beyond anything you can imagine. The audacity to even sit there and say something like that is—I just don't understand it. So much has come out. How do you have the audacity to even move it forward? I mean, the Democrats got their response— Uh, When they tweeted out—they tweeted a a tweet that they deleted. I don't know if you guys saw that. Uh, The Democrats tweeted out a poll. What they wanted to do was see what people thought, and they got over 225,000 votes on this uh, when it closed And the question was, do you want more Supreme Court justices like Ruth Bader Ginsburg, or do you want more justices like Brett Kavanaugh? Now, just so you guys know, the poll was over 69% in favor of Justice Kavanaugh. And guess what the Senate Democrats did? They deleted the tweet. They deleted the tweet when it was an overwhelming 71% um, at the time of uh, the vote closing. This is how they operate. See, this is something they cannot control. They cannot control the results of a natural poll, a, a, a bona fide poll, and one that they haven't paid for. They put it out there thinking that they would be able to de- I would say illustrate how the majority of Americans on Twitter decide that Justice Kavanaugh is not a good Supreme Court justice and that we need more people like Ruth Bader Ginsburg. It didn't work out. Key point here. Why did they put that out? Why did they ask of how um what kind of Supreme Court judges they need? Keep that on the side burner there. Why would they ask this now? Why? Who is leaving? Who should have left? Who don't we see? Who are they saying we see, but no one really sees? I'm just saying. It's a little bit iffy. Let's just leave it at that. So when they're asking questions, we have to ask, why are they asking this question at this time, at this point of you know, of the, I would say pre 2020 season, possibly a delay, huh? Possibly. Now, what I wanted to look at with you guys was a tweet the president sent out. Um, he sent this over the weekend. Let me find it. Um, hold on. Let me find it because I just missed out on it. Um, I closed my window by accident where I had it up. So President Trump tweeted out something with a misspelled word and that is key. So he, mm, where is it? He accidentally spelled stolen with two L's um, instead of one. Now, I wanted to say that the two L's were not, it could have been a typo, but it's really funny how it was announced the minute, you know, right after he tweeted it out that Pompeo will be visiting with Merkel on Tuesday. Uh, The reason I say this is because stolen with two L's is a very specific um, sweet bread from Germany. Uh, this bread is a festive one it's like you know raisin nuts kind of like a fruitcake but a sweet bread right and it is for current for for um I would say uh celebrations um how would I say it it's like they break their bread it's a Christmas thing it's kind of like a gift thing so Uh, That's how I saw it. And then news came out that Pompeo is meeting uh, with Angela Merkel in Berlin on Tuesday. Now, I just wanted to say that the meeting that he is having with Angela Merkel is part of a multi-day trip that he has to several European countries. this was supposedly announced on Wednesday uh, from the State Department, but it wasn't defined that he was going to Berlin until the weekend. Um, you know, between the between the two nations, the United States and Germany, uh, there's a lot of conflict. OK, we have to be straight with this. There is a lot of conflict, uh, mostly in regards to this nuclear Iran deal and also, uh, you know, the climate change paris agreement and because germany is one of the one of one of the countries that is supposedly one of the richest but do not pay for defense they have the lowest uh defense spending uh you know in comparison to what their gdp is So during this um, stop in Berlin, uh, he's going to be speaking with Merkel and then uh, he's going to move on to London where he's going to speak with um, Theresa May and discuss uh, the state visit in June. Now, my sources tell me that while in England, he's going to be discussing the extradition of Assange. And the reason I say this is because at the end of May... um, We will be having another court hearing, a preliminary court hearing, I would say, again, and then again in June for the extradition. Uh, So it's a pretty big deal. We have to say that, uh, you know, today he's in uh, Rovaniemi in uh, Finland. Um, He's meeting with the Arctic council and basically uh, they're discussing like North Pole stuff and believe it or not they talk a lot about climate change. Uh, So and he's also going to go to Greenland. Okay and this is what's interesting for me because on Thursday he's going to be in Greenland. Anyone who knows me and I think I've mentioned it on air before is that um, Greenland is a very curious place for me. The reason I say this is I've been on Almost every continent except for Antarctica, and I want to do that before I expire from this earth. But Greenland has always been a destination I wanted to go to. Why? Because you never hear about Greenland. I mean, you don't. And the flights, like, if I leave New York and I go to London, I can get a round trip ticket for like $500 right and one would say it's due to frequency etc not so much proximity but there is no frequency in flights to greenland and they are extraordinary in price so Greenland is curious to me because it seems to like nobody ever talks about it. Like it's a huge piece of land and nobody talks about it. It's all ice. It's all this. So is Alaska. So is Canada. I'm just saying we never hear a lot about Greenland. So I find it curious, and you could say, well, he's meeting with the Arctic Council, so tidying up his week on Thursday, he's going to be going to Greenland because everyone associates it with the Arctic. But it's just curious and strange. I'm still looking into it. I have no sources in Greenland whatsoever. I do have a few in the Netherlands that can, you know, provide me some information. But believe it or not, what's weird is that there's no set agenda or any information in regards to his visit to Greenland um, from the Dutch themselves. So they don't know yet or they're not telling. Either or, it's just curious. I mean, when have you ever heard, hey, the president's going to Greenland? Or the Secretary of State is going to Greenland. I've not heard it before. So it's just a little bit curious. And I thought I'd mention it because I pay attention to things a lot of people don't pay attention to because we follow whatever's in our feed this is something important the discussions with the arctic circle are important because i do know up in Bano, alaska which is where supposedly the north pole is and where there's a little town there and there's research going on there was some commotion a couple of weeks ago for something and it's a little bit tight-lipped uh that was one of the places that i visited once in my life you can only get there by plane um And, um, it's a very small community, uh, very, very small community, uh, lots of research going on. So something happened there a couple weeks ago that was uh, brought to my attention and now he's going to the Arctic meeting, which, you know, Russia is part of too, the Arctic council. So uh, I just want to put it in there, earwig it to you. So you guys have that on your radar just in case something pops up. Uh, We know um, that we've heard it before and it's not something strange. Yes? So having said that, moving along, I want to point out that what is going on in Europe right now in regards to their elections, in regards to the policies that they're upholding, and into more so the resistance that they are pushing toward independence of the United States from the global um, sector is all tied in together with the petrodollar. There is a lot of stress, a lot of strain. This nuclear Iran deal is coming to the forefront and the Europeans, for some reason, are really resisting. Resisting to the independence in energy, resisting to the United States contributing more oil, uh, contributing to the energy market more, there's a concerted effort, I would say, in doing that and a lot of feet stomping and, you know, standing really firm on what the United States should be doing and they know best, which is the attitude that they're portraying in their local media which is pretty astonishing now on that note the european news have been almost gloating with the market uh getting a hit because of the tariffs so you know people are actually in uh in The European Union applauding the fact that there was a hit in the stock market with this new announcement of tariffs. But remember, I told you over three weeks ago, I told you over a month ago, and I told you just last week before the waivers expired that tariffs are going to come in hard if China doesn't find an alternate uh, source of uh, oil and gas to diversify and exclude Iran because Iran Contributes to the majority of the crude oil that they bring into their country and they already had like I told you tankers on hold because they had been upticking on their purchases uh, because of the waivers coming so uh, the Chinese are sending their delegation to the United States um The president has made it clear that he will be imposing new tariffs. Uh, You know, obviously people on the left um, and specifically I saw Heidi Heitkamp's brother. So disgusting. Like farmers should not support President Trump with all these tariffs because, you know, that's not patriotic. We have to understand that. President Trump on Sunday, when he tweeted, he said he will hike the tariffs on Chinese goods. And China, they say, they rumor to say that they're considering skipping next week's negotiations. Now, the statements were made um, from someone, uh, no source that I have seen yet, Um and they also mention North Korea. And the thing is, the tariffs that the president is imposing on China is telling China that I don't need you to sort out North Korea because there's other people around there that want to help me sort out North Korea. South Korea is compliant. Japan is compliant. And if you want to play footsie with Biden and Hillary because they're pandering to you, go ahead. I will cripple your economy. You either play the right way or you take the highway. That's the way it is. So right now with China, we're coming to head-to-head, and I warned this, didn't I? I warned this that they would hold North Korea hostage, and they did, because there was a statement. Let me read it out to you. There was a statement um, put out, and it says, China's response, a taunting agatrop ag agitprop tweet from the editor-in-chief of China's state-owned Global Times. President Trump threatens China while he seemingly doesn't understand how tariffs work. Not sure whether U.S. public doesn't understand either. China has long ago prepared for the worst. We won't buy this trick. Moreover, he didn't even scare North Korea. So this is coming from state-owned media the global times, the Chinese global times. So you have to understand how important this is. This statement is actually very important because China is, is digging their feet down into the ground and saying, well, nope, it's not going to work. It didn't work for North Korea. It kind of did because they started talking. And when people realize that President Trump has nothing to lose and wouldn't, uh, you know, think twice about bringing the pain, uh, you know, they kind of seceded on their position, take a listen to what um Bloomberg says. Hold on, let me see if I can give
2: us a nutshell what 's the latest
4: So the Chinese have always said that they will not negotiate at knifes uh, at knife point, basically, and I think there's a lot of there are going to be a lot of voices in Beijing saying that Trump tweeting that he 's going to raise tariffs represents a knife point, and that the Chinese are thinking about not going, which would really be a setback because i think a lot of people were expecting that we would have a deal by the end of this week potentially
2: now from your experience here would you expect the chinese to come through with that and not go to dc unless the rhetoric from the white house is damped down
4: i think that's a real threat i think it's very possible the chinese so maybe the most uh enlightening example is when trump had that meeting with Tsai Ing-wen, the president of taiwan the chinese just refused to talk until trump re- you know walked that back Uh, Earlier, when Trump instituted tariffs and threatened to uh, push them up to 25 percent, again, the Chinese stopped talking. And so uh, if Trump is going to play the same card, I think it's very possible the reaction will be the same.
3: So, John, I'm just wondering how we should interpret this right now. The market obviously taking this as the worst case scenario at the moment. But. Is this really just kind of negotiating tactics here to get some more concessions leading up to Friday, potentially? Or can we actually say that we might not actually get a trade deal?
4: So I think uh, it's obviously part of it is a trade is a a negotiating tactic. But I think what that raises is the uncertainty of whether or not a trade uh, trade deal actually happens. So I think with this sort of rhetoric happening, it becomes a much more.
1: Okay, um, I just paused it for a second. Um, I just wanted to say, uh, President Trump said for 10 months, China has been paying tariffs to the U.S. of 25%. um, uh, And uh, that is something that is ongoing. We have to understand that. But uh, the Chinese are in a bit of a pickle. Because they've been holding North Korea over our head as collateral, as a way of saying you either play with us or not. So for 10 months, they've been paying tariffs to the USA of 25%. That's on $50 billion of tech, okay? And 10% on $200 billion of other goods. Could you imagine how much money we've actually lost? Like these payments are responsible because, uh, you know, are are responsible. These payments that they're making right now is why our country is richer and that we have, you know, um, I would say per se liquidity. We don't really, but it gives the illusion of the country having some liquid assets. So the 10% is going up to 25% on Friday. So this Friday, if a deal's not struck, it's going up to 25%. That's $325 billion on additional goods that China sends to it. Because remember, China has been sending things to the United States with no tariff, zero. So if you get a handbag from china and it's ten dollars in china there is no tariff on it it comes in with that ten dollar price bag and you can hack it up but now we've put it on to twenty five percent. Let's pretend, okay, if it was tech, and that means for that hundred dollar handbag now, ten dollar handbag, it's now twelve fifty, and that two fifty goes into the pocket of the United States of America. So for every hundred dollars, we get twenty five dollars in our pocket. So it is really, really good because the ten, you know, three hundred twenty five billion dollars of other goods that China sends to us are completely untaxed, but they will, um, and he will get this done. He will do this. And he even said tariffs paid to the United States have little impact on product cost, mostly borne by China. China has to pay that tariff. The trade deal with China continues, but way too slow because they're trying to renegotiate. They had like a sweetheart deal, they didn't pay for anything all these years. We'll pick that up right after the break.
5: Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. So you switched to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help.
2: it's not guaranteed in every state and you may not qualify for every policy but when you call you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now 1-800-707-1219 one 800 707 1219
0: Hey, this is Leonora Crabota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable my pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My pillow stays cool and does not go flat.
1: Welcome back everyone to the Tory Says show. I'm your host Tory. So we're picking up talking tariffs. And a lot of people are yes, we should do this. We're filling up, we're fattening up our treasury, we're bringing in money, we're boosting our economy. And other people are like we can't do this. China is where we produce everything. I mean, just take it to the simple level of how many of you watch Shark Tank, okay? How many times do they, oh, well, maybe if you can get it done in China, it'll be cheaper. Of course it's going to be cheaper. Not because their materials are cheaper. But, um, but because well, yeah, it is. Material and labor are cheaper there per dollar. But it doesn't cost you to bring them in. So if you're packaging your materials in the United States, you've got to pay a packaging company within the U.S. that has to pay employees, insurance, and other regulations that Obama had put on there. And it costs more money because... Well, it would be equal if we have tariffs, actually. So people would prefer to manufacture things within the United States as opposed to China if we actually do impose a tariff like they impose tariffs on our things. A Chinese person will not buy pencils from the United States and say, oh, they have really nice pencils because when they bring pencils from the U S they have a, you know, a tariff on it. So the pencil to be, say it's a hundred dollars for that one pencil to get to China. The person that is, you know, buying the pencils is paying a hundred, but the, the the manufacturer has to pay 25% of that. So They're paying $25 to China and the person is paying $100 for the pencil. So China is making $25 on each. They're already tariffing our thing. So in the end, when that pencil comes into China, the person selling it won't sell it for $102 because the profit margin is really low considering that there's a tariff. So that pencil will be more expensive than a local Chinese one that has no tariff. I'm trying to make it as simple as possible so people understand. But here's the deal. No one has ever stood up to China. Everything we have, the majority of stuff we have in our house, have been made in China. And the reason is, is because you make it there, your dollar has a lot more weight, their productivity is, um, their products are turned out faster, cheaper, and they're sent over here with zero tariff. So obviously when you buy a container to, you know, house all your Christmas decorations, you know, like those plastic tubs or whatever, you're going to buy a Chinese made one as opposed to a made in the USA because the Chinese one is $10 less than the one made in the USA. So we have to understand how huge this is because China has been getting away with this. And I know uh, the global market in general is saying, well, you know, if China loses money, Because the U.S. is now imposing tariffs, then that means the manufacturing they do for the United Kingdom or for Germany or for Australia or for Belgium, France, you know, you name it will go up because they need to cover the deficit of the U.S. market. You understand? This is why the other countries are P.O. Because if suddenly they lose a $100 billion, let's say, in business, they need to recover that. And how are they going to do it? By increasing the prices of production for all the other countries. So this is why it's a big deal because so far China has been able to give even cheaper prices to the European Union and other countries because the United States hasn't been charging tariffs. So they've been making gold with the United States. They've been taking advantage of us. So basically the rest of the world is enjoying the spoils of our being suckered out of manufacturing, and they get cheaper prices. Remember, President Trump even said, how come drug manufacturers are giving cheaper drugs to Europe? It costs you, just keep in mind, for a brand name, let's say, blood pressure medication, Valsorin. If you were to go to Europe and go to a pharmacy, brand name to buy that medication, brand, not generic, we're talking brand, And you go and you get a GSK Valsteren, brand name, blood pressure, you know, medication. It's an angiostatin, whatever. Um, You're going to pay three euros. That's like four bucks, right? You get it in the U.S., Your insurance is charged like $120, and you're paying whatever your insurance plan is or your portion. If you're on Medicare, you'll pay for brand name. You'll pay, I think it's like $33 or 33%, depending on what you have. So President Trump even said, how come everybody else is getting all these sweetheart deals on the pharmaceuticals, and yet in the U.S., we're paying out the nose? The reason is why. Tariffs. See, they, get, they have this deal with the U.S. where they literally rape us for money for medications. So because they're making so much money on us, they can give everybody else a cheaper deal. Because the whole point of the United States in the position it was throughout the Obama regime, the Bush 43 regime and the plan under Hillary was to do one thing and one thing only, and that is collapse the United States of America. We were going to be the North American Union. How do you do that? You asphyxiate the economy. You asphyxiate the people themselves that are working three jobs and can't make ends meet. You asphyxiate them from getting a simple medication like an EpiPen or a blood pressure medication or diabetes medication that is imperative for them to have to survive. You asphyxiate them economically so they kneel at the same time you open up the border and flood the country with illegal migrants that mooch off our system so that way the federal government doesn't even have money for its own people let alone for all these illegal migrants and then you have the perfect conditions to impose a socialist government this is a colluding plan globally because in europe they've already taken it and they've already accepted it The people are aware that something's up, but they just don't know because they haven't felt it yet. They'll feel it once the United States implements, right? Because remember, in Europe, they have judges and lawmakers that they do not elect, that they do not even know, that have no name and dictate the law for all European Union citizens. You have to understand just how big of a deal this is. This was a plan To collapse the U.S. economy, the U.S. infrastructure, and have the American, the free American, average Joe, average Jane, to kneel down and succumb to socialism because they have no other choice. Because all... The chips are stacked against them. Your health care is expensive. Your education is expensive. Your gas is expensive. The state can't cover you because they don't have money. They're really broke. So now we get into a socialist regime and there is no way out of it because you have all these countries around the r- world contributing to it. This is just how nefarious... This plan was this is just how nefarious it was that they pushed Hillary so hard. And this is just how disgusting it is to see Biden say that we need to get back on track and they're pandering to the Chinese Biden and Hillary Clinton reached out to the Chinese through their speeches, nodding that they would alleviate this, uh, you know, pressure that they're getting for Trump if Biden was to be elected. Just like Hillary said, why don't you hack his tax returns and give them to us? And what he's doing with China is wrong. She needs to keep her mouth shut because the plan with China, and I've told you that before, is that the Chinese aren't looking for world domination by war. They've learned their lesson throughout history. What they do is they wait it out to see everybody else collapse, and then it's inevitable that they're in charge. And this... Was their plan. They were fine playing along with it because they're like, sure, if you think socialism is going to be fine, it doesn't work. You have to have a good balance like the Chinese do. You have to embed it in their culture, embed it in their youth and use it as a more cultural being Chinese kind of thing as opposed to being a good citizen. Just smile and be quiet. Censorship. Censorship. This way, it's more natural. And since they have a history of 4,000 years, it works for them. For the United States, it doesn't because we're a melted pot and we're a young country. So you can't just, you know, tell people how they should act. But, it, but you know, they were trying with our education. So going back to China, we have to understand that the delegation is still happening we will be having and that was according to the um china morning post today uh there was a an article written out saying that um the chinese delegation is going to be coming they already had an 11th round of this past week in washington discussing and negotiating now vice premier liu is going to be coming to washington possibly for for the 11th um uh, round of talk sorry. They had the 10th one this week uh, to produce a deal. They need a deal because China, right now, had put all their chips for over a decade in this, you know, sucking the United States dry and helping them accomplish the goal of kneeling and corrupting the United States of America as we know it. So they had a really sweet deal. They were like, hey, we're making money, we're boosting ourselves, we're good. And now we're stopping that. They use North Korea as a a bargaining chip. Um, Though while they were using North Korea as a bargaining chip, our president has made sure to have direct talks with Kim Jong-un outside of the purview of um, China. And this is why just earlier today... Even the president said he spoke with um, Japan's Prime Minister Abe, um, who came and discussed with him and visited for Melania's birthday, uh, where they were talking about North Korea in trade. And he said, very good conversation. This indicates the reason he tweeted it is to tell China, I do not need you to sort out North Korea. I got this. You could say what you want. You could try to pull your strings, but it's not going to work because I've got a direct line to Kim and Kim wants to play. Now, China on the other hand, in the Chi- in the South Chinese Sea has a lot of ships going on. They're doing a lot of work, they're beefing up their military and the United States is saying, "Well, hold on. I understand that you're building up your defense cuz you think I'm going to come at you, but we're not going to have war." We're going to be paying fair shares now. And because you're going to be paying your fair share, that means every other country on this planet will be paying their fair share too. Uh, enough is enough of people taking advantage of the United States of America in order to lead the world into this, you know, global, one government, socialist, uh, you know, type thing. We'd probably see something like... um you know, factions coming slowly. It's pretty insane. Uh, What we need to remember is that uh, the talks between China and the U.S. um, have been going on for over a year, this what they call trade war. And People are going to be coming. Don't listen to what they're saying because the Chinese need this because they know that President Trump will not bend and he will not yield. Aside from what the other person said that the Chinese stopped talking because he backtracked. Listen, at that point, they still had the North Korea chip in their hands. Now they don't have North Korea in their pocket anymore. So this is where we take forward. Now, I don't know what role South Korea is playing. I've been you know, scouring their local media to see what they have to say, any opinions, because the South Koreans tend to align with the Chinese a lot but I haven't seen anything yet. So that tells me that they're possibly aligning with the United States because they haven't put out any favorable information for China or saying how wrong it is. But on the other hand, they haven't put out any negative information about this thing either. So, you know, no positive, no negative. So that's curious in itself. How is it that a country that aligns with China? I mean, in South Korea... They even have schools, Chinese schools, like you go to regular school in South Korea and then you have the Chinese Academy too, which is supposedly the good stuff where you learn Chinese and you're supposedly smarter. So these people align with China from their youth to their business uh, through and through and for them not to mention these discussions, that's a big deal. That is a very big deal. So, um, you know, I'm I'm for putting tariffs in because then that'll pressure all the other countries globally and we will start to see more fair trade on a global scale. Uh, that's the way it should be. You know, I, I know a lot of people believe in these fair trade deals. Have you ever seen like fair trade coffee? Those are like sweatshops with, uh, you know, perfume and bows and and ruffles on them it is the most preposterous thing you've ever seen i just wanted to say that um i'll get into that uh at some point uh at the end of the month uh because there's something coming out from africa in fair trade um down the pipeline we're gonna have that going now shifting gears i wanted to say um As you know, Mark Morgan has been put up to be the new ICE director. And so while people wait for his confirmation, um, Matt Albens is going to be the acting director. And the president tweeted out yesterday that Matt is, you know, hard. He's dedicated and he has his full support to deploy ICE to the maximum extent of the law. That means that he is targeting the issues that we're having at the border, which are huge. And I'm hoping this week I will have it confirmed tonight when we're going to have Cindy Shempo. On Cindy Gomez Shemp actually went to Tijuana and looked into more of this human trafficking. She went to a conference, uh, you know, uh, where Al Otro Lado was, you know, that those lawyer slash activist groups that train and educate illegals on how to cross the border and how to go. Um, I'm going to have her on to do a really good segment on, um, illegal immigration. Um, so that is something interesting. So we've got this Mark Morgan guy. He's going to be going through confirmation. Obviously, we expect the Democrats to drag their feet, uh, you know, just like they're dragging their feet on aid. Um, it's it's pretty incredible what they've done. Uh, for some reason, the Democrats are demanding that Puerto Rico gets more money, uh, even though they've gotten... More money than anyone in the history of a state getting money. Uh, the farmers are asking for help, but it's the Democrats saying no because they want more money to be given to Puerto Rico. Like they got $91 billion. Billion dollars. We obviously know that uh, this past fall, Puerto Rico was raided. The San Juan mayor's office was raided. We're waiting to hear on that. But they got more money in any than any state and they're not even an actual state in the history of the United States like Florida he says according to his tweet got 12 billion Texas got 39 billion for their massive hurricanes but now the Democrats are holding aid hostage to Alabama Iowa Nebraska Georgia and South Carolina and North Carolina unless they give more money to Puerto Rico this is incredible like, what is going on? And remember, the Democrats went on vacation to Puerto Rico. So something's up with Puerto Rico. Can't put my finger on it. Why would you ask for so much money for a non-state that has gotten, you know, for Hurricane Harvey, they got more than trip, almost triple, almost triple. So it's two and a half times the amount Texas got. Can you fathom that? That is incredible. That is simply incredible. Incredible that the Democrats will hold it hostage. How are they the party of the people? I mean, how does Biden go and campaign as the party of the people when his own camp is trying to kneel the agriculture, the industry of ag? He's killing it right now. And, you know, he wants to kill coal again. He wants to be dependent on other nations again. I mean, how is this guy even running? I just I just don't. Understand it. So we've got the Democrats dragging their feet on farmers. Democrats dragging their feet on farmers. We've got the Democrats now pushing that they want impeachment for what? If any impeachment is going to go on, it's about Barack Hussein Obama. And we'll talk about that in the second half hour. So we've got a Texas congressman green, right? He says that the only way that president Trump won't be president in 2020 is if we impeach him. Yeah. That's the only way it'll happen. But unfortunately you can't impeach him because he hasn't committed any crimes, no misdemeanors. On the other hand, we could say a lot different for the administration that just came to pass. So, Look at this. The Democrats are literally telling the world we can't win this election unless we get him removed as president. What does that tell you? That the people want President Trump. Now, a tweet that he had sent uh, that he retweeted that makes 100 percent sense uh, by Jerry Falwell. So he said that because for these two years. Uh, with this bogus Mueller investigation, this bogus manufactured rhetoric by the Obama camp- uh, campaign, I would say, Obama administration for the Hillary campaign. He's lost two years of being president. I've said this before. Imagine if he's done this for the economy with his hands and feet bound. Imagine what he would have been able to complete in two years if we had him as a 100 percent president. Because with the Mueller investigation open and the special counsel there he was running at like 27%. He was being president 20% of the time, maximum. And I say it's a little bit over a quarter because he traveled, he negotiated foreign relations. you know. So let's just say he did it at a, you know, a quarter of the president he could have been. That means they cheated us after, uh, out of two terms of President Trump. So he said that he would support reparations. And that President Trump should have an additional two years added to his first term as payback for the time stolen by the corrupt failed coup. And he is 100. I would support that 100%. Because, in essence, our president could not operate as a president. His hands and feet were bound. He had to be careful what he said. People were spying on him. His own vice president was, oh, it's horrible. Think about it, guys. New York, a mysterious op-eds, wires, the FBI, the CIA, everyone trying to overthrow a duly elected president, and yet he still got something done. So that means we had a president for two years that could not perform his job. It's kind of like if you were to, you know, um, be on a ride at a carnival, Right. If you're on this ride for the carnival and you only did 25% of the ride, you're obviously going to tell the dude, yo, I was supposed to have a full ride. What is going on? They will comp you a whole ride because you didn't get it. So why are we as the United States of America, why are we not being comped or why should we not be comped? for not having a president for two years because they stymied his ability to be president. That's a that's a big, big deal. I mean, he's created 263,000 jobs in just the month of April. Total, since he took office, he created 5.4 million jobs under Obama within the first two years. We lost over 3 million jobs. Unemployment down to 3.6. You haven't seen it since the 60s. What is it? 1969 was it that low. Hispanic unemployment, record low. The Democrats don't have anything. We've got African-American unemployment, ultimate low. Like, like you heard earlier in the show, Pennsylvania, 3.2. Wisconsin, 2.9. These are insane numbers. People are working. People without a degree are working. Less people are on welfare. More people are providing. People are buying because they have money. They're working, so they're buying. If people are working and making money, then they're buying products. So in Easter, I was looking at numbers of sales on Easter, and Easter's not a huge holiday like Christmas, right? But it's pretty big, right, let's say well we had over 350% increase on purchases for like easter stuff that's a big deal guys for a holiday like easter where you only get easter baskets eggs and dyeing colors and you know easter decor that's a really big deal so our president has created this amazing economy with his hands and feet bound and he has been so successful That they say that the only thing they could do is to get rid of him by impeaching him, even though they were peddling the collusion-delusion theory. For over two years. And President Trump tweeted out, despite the tremendous success that I've had as president, including perhaps the greatest economy and most successful first two years of any president in history, they have stolen two years of our presidency. Collusion delusion that we will never be able to get back. The witch hunt is over, but we will never forget. Make America great again. Yes, indeed. And see, this is it. He's got a great economy and you've got the mainstream media now saying with this new announcement that he's going to up tariffs on Friday to you know 25% on an additional $200 billion of goods, the economy globally is tanked, they're saying. The market's down. Of course it's down. Of course it's going to dip. It's not going to bother us if it dips. It's not. It's bothering every other country. Because if indeed the president slaps on this tariffs, they're done their prices are going to go up their goods being imported from China are going to go up they're gonna have the problem not us that's the thing so the United States for years has been losing close to a trillion dollars a year on trade a trillion with China a year so eight years of Obama that's eight trillion dollars of deficit in trade we lost it we could have had eight trillion and with China we lose $500 billion in general, so we're not going to be doing that anymore. And he said that. We're not going to be doing that anymore. It's America first. America first. So after the break, we'll discuss how Obama lied and got caught and how he may indeed be going for impeachment and how Comey's indictment will be announced this week, possibly on the eve of the day he's going for his stupid town hall with Anderson Cooper. See you all in a few.
4: Tennessee, a long way from the suits in DC, but goes enough
1: Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to real news. Welcome back everyone to the Tory Says Show. I'm your host Tori. Uh, this is the second hour and thanks for tuning in as always on Red State Talk Radio 12 to 2 Eastern Time Monday through Friday. So before we head into like the deep state local stuff I just wanted to finish off on the global side of things. I wanted to let you know just how fake news works. Do you know how many short range missile launches we have within the United States for training? Tons of them, almost on a daily basis. You know how sometimes in California people think they're UFOs, but then they're like, oh, they're just short range ballistic missile tests, you know, that the Air Force or the Navy or the Army are doing, right? Well, take a listen to this clip about uh, it's from the Russian Times um, and what they say after our president stated that he spoke with Putin in regards to North Korea.
2: All tests over the weekend have failed to trigger the fire and fury one might have expected from Donald Trump. U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, though, insinuated that Russia played a role.
6: Right after he spoke with Vladimir Putin, he made the decision to take these actions. Uh, we're still evaluating uh, the appropriate response, uh, but I-, I want everyone in your audience to know we're going to exhaust every diplomatic opportunity to
2: address it. Igor Zdanov looks at why the response has been so muted.
6: Korea, a country that says it doesn't want anyone paying attention to what's going on there, yet at the same time secretly can't get enough of the spotlight. Look, a test. We did a test, deadly, scary missiles, and everyone did look and also glanced at Donald Trump, the aficionado of name-calling, expecting one of his North Korea one-liners like these. Little Rocket Man, madman out there shooting rockets all over the place. He is a sick puppy.
2: Rocket Man is on a suicide mission for himself. Rocket Man should have been
6: handled a long time ago. Yet everyone expecting a measuring contest was in for a surprise. The test, the missiles, and even the size of Kim's button don't seem to bother the White House anymore. So we still believe that there's an opportunity to get it negotiated. We hope that this uh, act that he took uh, over the weekend uh, won't get in the way. We, we want to get back at the table. Anything in this very interesting
3: world is possible, but I believe that Kim Jong-un fully realizes the great economic potential of North Korea and will do nothing to interfere or end it. He also knows that I am with him and does not want to break his promise to me. Deal will happen."
6: Now, okay, let me go through this again. Is it about North Korea? Check. Is it about something militaristic? Check. Is Trump still the President of the United States? Check. So what's wrong? Well, it could be about the timing and the fact that the once-hate duo is turning into a love triangle. A couple of weeks ago, Russia's president, Vladimir Putin, had his first ever meeting with Kim Jong-un. And among other things, the North Korean leader asked Putin for this.
2: Chairman Kim King asked me directly to tell the US about his position and about the questions he has in connection with the situation
6: on the Korean peninsula. There's no way of telling if Vladimir Putin has passed the message on. But he certainly had the perfect chance. When Trump dialed him last week and they stayed on the line for a good 90 minutes, North Korea definitely being among the talking points. So when your relationship is going downhill, maybe it's a good idea to get a third opinion.
1: All right. So let me just talk on that for a few minutes. So see, this is how people listen to sound bites like this. And this is how CNN runs their show, too by indicating some truths but without telling you what's really going on. I've said this before. North Korea does not move without China's say. China was the only country that was giving was trading with North Korea. Let's remember that. Was the only country trading with North Korea. North Korea was essentially a subject in a sense to the Chinese. Now what happened last week? Yes, Putin spoke with North Korea. Yes, Putin spoke with the president. And yes, Putin actually went to China too. So they're all talking because they know Trump will not step down. And North Korea wants their independence. And this is what our president's tweet, saying that they know how good this would be for the North Korean economy. He knows how he can participate in the global economy, and he wants that, and he will keep his word to me. Because the Chinese are influencing, and Trump is like, what? They're telling you they're not going to, what, ship you rice? I'll ship it to you. Don't worry about it. They're saying they're not going to buy this from you? Don't worry about it. The U.S. will buy it from you. Don't be their slave. We need independent countries. We need competition. We need everyone to play fair and stay true to their own country as well. This is how you make the world a better place. By letting Ghana be Ghana, by letting Nigeria be Nigeria, by letting North Koreans be North Koreans, or becoming just Korea again. By Russians being Russians, Germans being Germans, not everybody being the same. Diversity is what drives innovation. Diversity is what drives competition. If there is no competition, there is no innovation. Why innovate if you're not competing for it? Why innovate if there's no shrine to it? If we're all tan with, you know, green eyes and brown hair, and we all say the same thing, speak the same thing, wear the same clothes, what's the point of changing it? You're just content. There is no Harmony. There is no embracing your culture. I mean, you go to France, it doesn't even look like France anymore. Now with Notre Dame gone, that's done. Greece doesn't look like Greece. Spain doesn't look like Spain. Like, what happened to Madrid? These are really important factors on a global scale that this president is trying to provide independence to countries and break these unhealthy dependent relationships you know how they say if you're in a relationship with a man or a woman and you're like completely dependent on them it's not love or it's not healthy have you ever seen uh, like i've had unhealthy relationships where i'm friends with people that are just super toxic like anything they say to me is like condescending or Oh, my gosh, you got that. Oh, my gosh, this. And I still keep going back for more. And you're like, why do you put yourself? It's kind of because you need their approval, right? It's it's happened to me. It happens to everyone. I'm not ashamed to say it. Um, that's the same thing that's happening here with countries. The bigger countries know better. And the most, uh, I would say, prime example is that video that was taken down where Macron was literally pleading With the Saudi Arabian prince, the crown prince, saying, you should have come to me, I told you, you should have talked to me. We would have gotten this done. Yeah, 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 you told me. He was independent. No more bullying, because this is bullying. This is complete and utter bullying. What they're doing to our president is complete and utter utter bullying too. So shifting gears, let's get into our local politics. Let's get into our local things where we've got them going to work saying that you know oh here's the deal we're going to have to understand that president trump is going to be impeached for whatever abc reason right um we need to touch on that we need to elaborate on it um oh before i forget i totally forgot so you know how uh, there was a statement out by john bolton i totally forgot this this is really important that we understand this so Um, on May 5th, right, so this is Sunday, Ambassador Bolton said, which by the way, Bolton, I like him, his mustache, I don't do mustaches like that, but he scares me, like he is a vicious little dude, he's like one of those firecrackers, Um, scares me in a good way, I know that he'll be doing his job, but he is one of those Black, white, done. There's no gray area. Anyway, uh, he made this statement. He said, in response to a number of troubling and escalatory indications and warning, the United States is deploying the USS Abraham Lincoln Carrier Strike Group and a bomber task force to the U.S. Central Command Region to send a clear and unmistakable message to the Iranian regime that any attack on United States interests or on those of our allies will be met with unrelenting force. The United States is not seeking war with the Iranian regime, but we are fully prepared to respond to any attack, whether by proxy, the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps on regular Iranian forces. Now, this is a big deal. You have to understand that um, CENTCOM has um, a huge unit of F-35s that... Um undergo a lot of operations. They are responsible for our um, initial response, okay, so they're like in the readiness group. You also need to understand that there is um that, that the USS Lincoln itself, okay, the carrier itself has um amphibious groups. it's um it is in the med. To go through and work, let's just say it's there to get it done. It's kind of like, it's it's a floating country, right? It's got everything and everyone on it. So this is a big deal. It is a very big deal. So this is coming on the heels of the missiles that were shot from Palestine to Israel. Keep that in mind. Palestine and Israel missiles that went out and look who spoke, Omar and Rashida, you know, showing support for those missiles being shot to Israel. Now, I can tell you that sources are telling me that this Hamas action against the Israelis where Omar and Rashida Tlaib were sitting there supporting the Palestinian side were possibly done by the Iranian guard. And this is why we're there. So high-ranking IRGC generals, um, the officer that fled and that supposedly went to tell President Trump these things, is probably telling them how they uh, work together with Hamas, Hezbollah, and the Taliban. Now, here's the thing. You may know it, but it's another thing if someone from their own camp establishes it because in that at that point when hamas or hezbollah you know hamas let's say from palestine shoots missiles into israel you can safely then say that the irgc that you have claimed to be a terrorist organization did it are you getting it so they control most of the ballistic missiles in the area and we know that Iran funds Hamas. We know that they fund Hezbollah. We know that they fund the Taliban, Al-Qaeda, Shabaab, tons, okay? Tons of them. So we have to remember that in Gaza, when the rockets are flying, who did it? This is where you need to think about it for a second. Who did it? Who shot that? Was it Hamas? Or was it the IRGC pretending to be Hamas? Or was it Hamas with money from the IRGC? You have to understand that Hezbollah, Hamas, all of them, they all work together and they all are funded by the Iranian regime. And now with this uptick of us putting more pressure on Iran, We're seeing more attacks. It's as if they're instigating a war in order to get a response. So that way war is waged even though sanctions are in place. This is why Secretary Pompeo is in Europe talking to them too. Because the sanctions are in place. You're not working with the sanctions. You're still supporting the nuclear deal. And now we know for a fact from their own officer, because now we have it on paper. It's not just intelligence that all of us know that they fund these organizations. They are trying to wage war. Now, you need to tell us what side of the fence you're sitting on. You either tell Iran to just drop it, kill the deal, and let's move on, or we can have bloodshed. You pick. Because the Israelis aren't going to be hit, and other surrounding nations aren't going to be hit, so that way they can provoke. Because here's the thing. Oh, Hamas did it. It wasn't Iran. Well, now we have a guy that tells us it was Iran. So how do we deal with that? So I wanted to point that out because it's extremely important for people to understand that when the alert went out for U.S. citizens, um, you know, that are uh, living in um different areas of the world. The fact that missiles are flying like crazy onto Israel and they're being funded by Iran and the fact that we're deploying the Lincoln, it's a big deal. This is where we're war ready and we've got, you know, Bolton issuing that. And then we've got Pompeo in Europe, which is he went there for the Arctic council and is bouncing throughout the EU before he finishes his Arctic council round in Greenland. So it's super big and it is the most important thing. Now, what we need to do is keep our eyes open. See something, say something, especially if you're in the area of Minnesota, North Dakota, Nebraska, where you have the high population of these ISIS recruits in Michigan. Get on the FBI tip line, throw them a tip if you hear anything, because it's going to about, it's going to be ramping up any day now. Okay, so enough of the global stuff. Let's get into our local stuff because there's so much global stuff and it's so important that we understand as a country where we stand so we understand what our president is doing, right? This is why I had to point that out. All right, so getting on this, what we need to understand is they can't impeach the president even though they want to because he didn't really commit a crime. Now, the Democrats are playing really, really dirty. Like we have seen dirty play, fixing elections, Obama telling, you know, illegal aliens that they can vote, you know, on a side thing. But the Republicans too are in on this and we need to fix that because if they don't hurry up and come up to the plate, the Democrats will steal everything. They're doing that as we speak. So it is really important that we get the Republican, the establishment Republicans On board with what's going on. It is very important. Now, Obama. So now we know that Barack Hussein Obama knew everything about this mid year exam, knew everything about Hillary's emails, lied about it. He also knew what they were doing to President Trump and his campaign. He also withheld it during the transition period and refused. Or did not or omitted to provide a defensive briefing to him during the transitional period. In fact, they used their five, then nine, then 14 plus one eyes programs globally to continue their spying activities or manufacturing of data outside of the scope once he was elected Uh, that way they can cover their tracks hence the fancy eo that he put out in regards to obtaining data and spying in december of 2016 that totally went undetected now here's where it gets funny do you remember how president obama was like on air and he was saying how he had no idea no idea about Hillary's emails. He didn't know she used like a private email. He's never heard of that before. Okay. Do you remember how, um, you know, Hillary wouldn't give her server? Um, Obama was like, oh, you know, that never happened uh, because, you know, he literally himself had said that, you know, he said it on the news that he, you know, found out that Hillary Clinton was using a personal email. Like he literally said that in the news. And what does that mean if your president says something and it's a lie? (laughs) Right? Your president is literally lying. How can you prove that your president is lying? You prove your president is lying by showing that he knew about it. And how do you prove it? With emails. Because he had those emails. He knew about it. So basically... When Judicial Watch filed for uh, information, right, they found that the FBI, specifically Comey, said that they had searched the White House emails and actually found Hillary Clinton personal emails to Barack Hussein Obama. So because... Here's the thing. He said he never, he didn't know about her personal email, yet he was corresponding with her on those emails. And Priestap had said that. Like he said that, um, you know, they had found them. And this is like documented. And Priestap had to give that information because Judicial Watch had filed for it. So we know for a fact that there were emails, and specifically there were emails talking about confidential information, guys, too. That's pretty incredible. If you think about it, right, here's a president that lied to everyone saying he didn't know, yet the White House had those emails. And the thing is the president used... um, An incognito email. You know how he used to go by the name Renegade, of course. (sighs) Should have been traitor, but okay. He had his own personal email, so no one knew um, his personal email. But you need to understand that her email address, even though it was personal, like, for example, say I want to send an email to President Trump and I have I found his email for some reason. And I send it. He may not get my email because if I'm not on the approved, you know, sender list. So there are certain domains. So if they're .gov, but specific .govs, um, there's different lists you put them on. It's kind of like the thing that I was battling with my Tory says.com. For some reason, I couldn't send emails to some people because they downgraded my reputation when I started writing about things. So, you know, this is how they attack conservative sites. They make it look like spam, right? So uh, basically, if I was to send an email to President Trump right now, it might go into spam because I'm not whitelisted and I'm not blacklisted, I'm spam listed. Or I could be blacklisted because my domain has no business emailing the president and it'll be seen as junk and they'll blacklist me. So Hillary Clinton had her own personal email and it was literally added to the White House server. Are you guys getting this? It was added to the White House server to be allowed to be delivered to the president. So... Aside from the fact of him saying he didn't know, which is a lie, because he responded and communicated with those emails, and now we know that, he also had her email added on the list to be able to email him. Do you see what I'm trying to say? So he lied two times, <laughs> like one lie after the other. So that is, a, that is a really, really big deal. Because he not only said that he didn't know about it, But he was using, uh, you know, a Google account to email her Google account or her own personal email that was added to the White House server so she can email him and his was. So someone has to understand that, you know, if you're using a Gmail and you're sending an email to the White House, you can't just send it. Because you'll go through 150 filters. I mean, how many spam messages do we get that say Gmail, Gmail, or Yahoo, right? It's not a legit domain. It has to be the sender has to be legit. So basically, Hussein's personal email was added as an official White House email. And Hillary Clinton's personal email was added as an official White House corresponding email. Are you getting it? This is just how it goes, So, you know, you need to understand that when we spend money for security so people can't send any worms or viruses or any, you know, new type of infiltration to the White House to keep security, we spend a lot of money. And the IT administrators are responsible to make sure that only domains that we know of are there. Not only that, if you buy an i, it's like if Hillary Clinton or Hussein Obama, right? If Hussein wanted to buy an iPad, he can't just buy an iPad. He has to give it to the NSA to make sure that they have like an iron fort around it, so he only is able to get receive information that is allowed to for security reasons. Like what he puts out is one way, but what comes in has to be created as an iron fort. So think, if Hillary Clinton is using her personal email, which is in the bathroom basement of her house, monitored by some dude that has no clearance, right, in a toilet, she's sending confidential information back and forth to the president. How many breaches of security happened with every email she sent to him and he received. Tons. Because a worm could have been attached, eyes could have been attached, code could have been attached to the email on her server, so anything outgoing could have piggybacked in there. That is how huge this is. Our former president put it at risk through communications only, right? This is a national security risk. You're getting this? Because I told you about the national security risk that he put us through by not providing a defensive briefing to President Trump if this whole Russia thing was a real thing. Well, now here's another national. It was a matter of national security breach for him using and communicating with Hillary Clinton on her personal email because her server was in a toilet. So my five year old, if I had a five year old, could have put code. To follow any communications. So, when we're saying impeachment proceedings, these are crimes. National security putting us at risk. We'll talk in a few.
3: Hello, my fellow patriots. My name is Michael Flynn Jr., and I am the proud son of General Flynn. Your support of the last two years has been incredible and will never be forgotten. If you'd like to continue supporting General Flynn, you can donate to our Legal Defense Fund. Any donation is welcome. To donate, go to www.MikeFlynnDefenseFund.org. Thank you and God bless America.
5: How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, hey, try this? Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. So you switch to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it. But we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 855 700
2: It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance.
1: Welcome back to the Tory Sess Show. I'm your host, Tori. So this is the last half hour. Uh, so just to recap in our first um, uh, half hour of the second part of the show, just before this commercial break, basically, I was demonstrating to you how Barack Hussein Obama committed levels of treason to the American people by putting national security at risk. This is from not providing a defensive briefing uh, to President Trump during the transition period and post-inauguration, right? So a defensive briefing was not provided, which tells you, one, they wanted Russia to continue what they were doing if Russia was doing it, or two, there was never a Russia thing they manufactured, so there was no point in telling him. Uh, So that was one. Because if it was a real thing, let's take it to face value, that Russia was doing all these things, Russia was infiltrating, trying to infiltrate his campaign, Russia was trying to get in with people, Russia was having agents talk to senators and congresspersons, Russia was meddling with his campaign or bugging him or hacking him or whatever. They should tell him that because he was elected to be president. And if the president doesn't know there's a threat, how is he going to mitigate This is where the Obama administration should have come up and said, yo, this is happening. This is what we've been investigating. Your campaign was under watch because they were reaching out. You need to be more diligent. That is how you do it in good faith and for the protection of the people of the United States of America. He did not do this. In turn, he not only lied to the people saying he had no idea she had a personal email, but that was added to the whitehouse.gov communications list. Uh, So that was added there. He knew it, he used it, his own, and even through secure communication means, he was receiving information from unsecured server like HillaryClinton.com, like her server, Clinton.com, etc., etc., that was housed in a server in her basement by a guy that didn't have the clearance, which means that every single email that Barack Hussein Obama received from Hillary Clinton's personal email server, could have indeed been infected with viruses, um, worms, and uh, you know patches that piggyback to monitor. So, like spyware. So this is really important. That's how you impeach someone. High crimes like treason and breach of national security, and the, you know, and breach of confidence to the American people that you are there to protect them. He did not care. He owned the place. He knew everybody deserves to get remedy for what they've done. Now, um, Comey's indictment is being announced. Brennan and Comey have both been indicted. The thing is, those indictments, those grand jury indictments have to be moved to the Eastern District of Virginia Court before they are announced because they were done in different states because inquiring minds always want to know. So keep in mind, those need to be moved over. New juries need to be put together. Judges need to be picked and vetted for. So Comey's is coming now. Which one will it be? Will it be for leaking and mishandling classified materials like he did for the New York Times? Or will it be for lying on the record about the mid-year exam? Uh, There are so many charges coming up against the the former FBI Director Comey. It is ridiculous. Um, Conspiracy, uh, criminal conspiracy, uh, racketeering. There's so much that is going to be coming out. This week is going to be glorious. But this week is also super fiery because I wanted to stay away from global politics. But uh, during the break, someone sent me a um, tweet. Uh, let me read it out to you guys. It was dm to me that, um, uh, where is it? DEF CON warning system said, China says it will not join talks on trilateral nuclear disarmament. And so um, DEF CON warning system put out uh, a briefing slash article of why uh, Russia and Iran seek deeper ties with um, North Korea. Now, it says that Moscow and Tehran are both cozying up to North Korea as the White House make-or-break policy flounders. While their motivations are different, they're both trying to seize a tragic international international chance. Um So as we know, Putin met with uh, Kim Jong-un earlier this week and, um, you know, had kind of like a state visit, had him come in. uh, They were together. um, They were talking. It was a little bit of a weird exchange they had um, in Vietnam. Anyway, um, it says here that Kim said that President Trump's approach is a unilateral attitude in bad faith and insisted and described ties with Moscow as strategic and traditional relations. Now, the Iranian foreign minister, Zarif, announced that he would soon travel to North Korea without providing further details on the visit. Now, he did say that over a month ago too, so that's not real news. So this is a briefing i'm coming visit highlight bond crucial for okay so basically the article article is talking about oil but i want to tell you guys what this trilateral agreement thing is Um, because that's not really being discussed so if you remember president trump and president putin discussed um you know a nuclear program between themselves and china And Putin was on board on regulating their nuclear defenses and, you know, monitoring the U.S. And in turn, we monitor them. So it's kind of fair and we know. Now, today, China completely dismissed any suggestion that it would talk with the U.S. and Russia about like a nuclear arms deal between themselves, like a trilateral nuclear disarmament negotiation, saying We don't need nuclear missiles. We don't need all this stuff. We can taper back on it. This is how we show peace. We're not going to develop like this, blah, 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 blah. Now, Trump said that he and Putin discussed that um, on Friday, the possibility of a new accord, and that um, it would eventually include China. Now, uh, Schwang, who is the uh, foreign... um, Minister, uh, the Chinese Foreign Ministry spokesperson. So he's like the PR person for the Chinese Foreign Relations uh, Division of China. He said that the nuclear forces that China has are the lowest that they've ever been, um, and you know, in regards to its national security needs, and they. Um, can't be compared to the power that the United States and Russia have. Meaning, we're small potatoes, why are we going to get into agreement with, with Russia and the U.S.? They're the two big nuclear powers. Let's not forget Israel, too. They've got like 84 nukes. That was the last report. But anyway and specifically they stated China opposes any country talking out of turn about China on the issue of arms control and will not take part in any trilateral negotiations on a nuclear disarmament agreement. That is what was told, um, this morning, uh, during a press, you know, release in regards to president Trump's remarks. And, um, to continue they made it clear that china has always advocated um you know prohibition um and destruction of nuclear weapons that they're always like no we don't need nuclear stuff but they also believe that countries with the largest arsenals have a special responsibility when it comes to nuclear disarmament and should continue to further reduce nuclear weapons in a verifiable and irreversible manner creating conditions for other countries to participate so basically what china's saying is like listen man i've got like five nukes america has 50 russia has 50 i'm just saying numbers why am I supposed to be included in this? Russia and the U.S. are the big boys, so they need to talk nuclear stuff. They need to talk disarmament because we're small potatoes and we don't have enough. So, in 2011, there was a U.S.-Russia arms uh, control pact limiting um, deployed strategic nuclear weapons. Um, so, how many they can have out in the ether, like on their subs or on their or on their ships or on their aircraft. That was done in 2011 under Obama and it expires in 2021. Now it could be extended by both sides for like an additional five years if they want. But without the agreement in place, which is expiring in 2021, it'll be harder to kind of discuss and um, find a common ground uh, for uh, disarmament in the future. So that's a, that's a pretty big deal. And I really wanted to step back from the global politics on this, but I had to mention it because here's the thing. The initial, um, I, I, like I told you, a listener sent it to me by DM, but I follow a lot of accounts um, for news and guess who was the first one that wrote it up? Africa is talking about it. And so for me, that's a little bit curious that they're involved with nuclear energy. Don't you guys find that curious? I find it curious. I find it curious that Africa is um, publishing articles about nuclear energy and how that's going forward with China. Now, China making this statement is not out of turn or not unwarranted it would be kind of like yeah China has a lot of nuclear weapons the thing is how many do we know they have so based on what we know they have they don't have as many as we do they don't have as many as Russia does because we already know what everybody has so China is basically saying um why are people suggesting that we're going to get into this no nobody tells us how to defend our country we're Chinese We do everything our way, nobody tells us to, and we're always about less nuclear weapons and you guys who have the nuclear weapons should be talking. It's not a coincidence that this is published today and talked about today and put forward today through a press briefing, obviously fed by the global news, fake news networks during this press briefing because they were asked about it, hence why they made a statement about it, right? Because they want to paint it as if our president is going to war with China. One with tariffs, killing the markets. Now you're going to war. Now we have ships deployed, and this is happening. And now they want to paint the picture that Russia, aside from being a middleman, right, with North Korea and making side deals with North Korea, supposedly, and Moscow working with Iran, when they aren't, they're actually direct competitors. Hello. But they're painting the picture as such, so people say Russia is a threat. Now, Russia is a threat. They are, are. They have a formidable army. They've got money. They've got nukes. They're the only country on the planet that owes nobody anything. So they were. They are a supposed threat. But unlike China, Russia likes to play the game. Russia wants to be independent, and Russia wants to compete. The Chinese want everybody else to compete with each other. They're going to stay separate and let them all fall apart and die, and then they come into play. That's how they work. North Korea is owned by the Chinese, okay? Owned. Russia has reached out to North Korea. The U.S. has been reaching out to North Korea. North Korea has been reaching out to the U.S. through Russia. There's a lot of harsh words being said. It gives it a a mystifying type of scenario of what's really going on here. And then we have Japan putting their foot down and China throwing tantrums. So we've got a lot on our plate right now for some reason trying to skew that Russia is the orchestrator here of making talks with the Far East fail, which is not true, um, and we have China, who's who's very upset because it's the first time in over three decades that are that they have pressure being put on them economically. Like they've been completely independent because they run the manufacturing industry globally. So what the president is doing is putting huge economic strain on on the Chinese and they are not liking it. Because then their economy is not going to be reflecting the growth that they're supposed to be having. They're really hurting right now. So if anything, like President Trump said during his campaign, the only actual enemy that we have that is a big threat to the United States is China. Because they helped collapse our economy and you can only use leverage which hurts them. And where do we hurt the Chinese? In the pocket. And once you fix that, once you get it done with the Chinese and you guys have a, you know an agreement on how these tariffs work and how it has to be fair, it will then have repercussions to the rest of these globalist nations such as the European Union who will have economic repercussions because of the new forged deals and trade deals the United States has with China. Because China was able to give them lower price goods, lower prices, lower manufacturing, lower on distribution, everything, because the U.S. was picking up the bill. The Chinese products in the EU have a tariff. There is a tariff for the EU. There is a tariff for Africa. There is a tariff for Russia, but there's no tariff for the U.S. Since there's no tariff for the U.S., they don't care that they have to pay tariff somewhere else because they're not that high, and the U.S. is the majority uh, that gives them business. So keep that in mind. So global news dominating, but local is going to be explosive this week. We have the Comey indictment coming. My assumption is it's going to be done on Thursday morning right before the Anderson Cooper interview, if not earlier. Maybe Wednesday, and that's why he's going to go Thursday and kind of explain how it's unfair that he's being charged with these things. I mean, you're being charged, dude. You're done. They're going to try to spin it. They have been sitting down and spinning it um, all last week and this week. Uh, in private talks from my sources that I know of with Comey in regards uh, to his grand jury indictment, in regards to his testimony, because they want to spin it in a way that the president is now getting back at Comey for putting in Mueller, or he's getting back at Comey for, you know, um, doing this whole Russia collusion thing. He's getting back at Comey. So they're seeing it as revenge. And like I've said, I played you that clip a couple weeks ago from President Trump from, like, the 80s where he's like, revenge, I believe in it. I believe that it's an eye for an eye. But here's the thing. He had no intention of continuing the parody or continuing the issue of lock her up with Hillary or anything like that. He was ready to get hit the ground running and start working. And he told every Republican and Democrat in the House and Senate and within the federal government, If you can't be impartial and if you can't get on board with America first, you need to leave. People didn't like that. People didn't want to leave. So then they threw in Mueller and they continued the story. So now it's game on. This is halftime and we're on. And so right now we have this indictment coming through. They're already discussing how they're going to spin it. They're... uh, probing with little words in regards to Comey, watching the discussions, watching how it's going forward. You know, we have this fake subpoena trying to hold our attorney general in contempt of court, and they are desperate. They do not want any of this coming out. They know the indictment is coming this week. They are losing the game. I mean, even in their town halls, like, is anybody even watching those? I am not. I am not, but I heard Cory Booker on, I was in, at the hospital uh, yesterday for the majority of the day, and the TV was on somewhere, or someone's phone, iPad, I don't remember, but I heard him say, well, you know, he's going to raise taxes, because if he becomes president, like Cory Booker has a chance, seriously, but um, he's going to raise taxes, because that's the patriotic thing to do, like, What? Who says that? In the same sentence. It's patriotic to tax the people when taxation is theft. But anyway, long story. We all know I'm a constitutionalist and I don't do things like that. I, I don't I don't like tax. Period. Um but here's where they are. They are in full panic mode. We've got senators on both sides of the aisle, congresspersons on both sides of the aisle within that Mueller investigation. This is why they need all those documents. They need all that evidence. They need all the interviews. They want everything. Why? Because they need to mitigate. They need to know what we know. They need to know what we have. And they know Mueller can't tell us. And they know anyone working for Mueller can't tell us. Because nobody wants to lose their pension. Nobody wants to lose their job. And the NSA is all over this. They probably have microphones stuck in their brains to monitor them. This is how ironclad it is. They cannot get the information. They are in full panic mode. And they're like, what do they know? We're all going down, and like Hillary Clinton said, we're all going to hang. And that's the way it is. We see a lot more activity going on, Uh, Gitmo, tons. Tons. There was an airplane, uh, you know, because it obviously Miami Air has a contract with the U.S. government. So they were bringing in family and friends and people that work there uh, to uh, back to the states, and uh, that kind of railroaded into the into the water, which was really odd and curious. What we need to remember is that the attacks on the president. Are coming from everywhere. They're attacking Mueller, they're attacking the Mueller investigation. Uh, ...that they're demanding all the paperwork... ...they're attacking the Attorney General... ...remember Blumenthal and all the other angry Democrats... ...were trying to get him on foreign emulations... ...and they won so far on that case... ...saying because he did business overseas... ...and because he has businesses operating overseas... ...that he may be doing favors for other people... ...so his businesses continue to operate... ...which is complete BS... ...because Senator Blumenthal that's actually running this... ...has a lot of businesses in Brazil and Venezuela... ...that he had... ...Cuba... ...let's start the list... So one might think that he legislates where he puts forward notions to save the businesses he owns and the interests he has there. We don't see him doing that, but they're taking the foreign emulations clause and they want it. So I'm waiting for the president to appeal that and we could take it all the way up to Supreme Court. Because what they're doing is ridiculous. They're fighting him on every end. And then we have Hillary Clinton coming out like a stray fart on TV saying things like, they stole the election from me. Dude, you're going to jail. What you have done is criminal. You have killed people. You have done so much. Can we start with Vince Foster? Can we? Can we? Can we get going with Haiti? We've got so much on this woman, and she has the audacity to speak. And the thing is, when someone has the audacity to speak out like that, like how do you refute that? Like how do they go down? People will then say, "Oh my gosh, they attacked her like totally fake," and it's like, but it's not. The women she threatened that were having sexcapades with her husband, right? The women she probably eliminated, boiling bunnies and killing pets, paying them off, Monica Lewinsky, really a mistress? Yeah, because every mistress holds on to a dress with sperm on it just in case she needs evidence. She was raped. She complained. They gave her a job on the seventh floor, and then she disappeared with a nice NDA. Can we get the president to undo that NDA? Can we get the president to undo what Congress... Did during that impeachment hearing and silencing Lewinsky, can we get that? Because Lewinsky, writing the book, talking about these things, she could save face because every woman can understand that a man of power like, the, like Bill Clinton with a wife, like a witch, of Hillary Clinton behind him, knows that you would sell your soul like, you, like she did for silence, because that was the right thing to do. She was a government servant. She was ordered to, we get it. But why not undo that? I mean, there's a clause there. Monica, if you're listening, if you hear this, why not? Tell the people the truth of who these Clintons are. Tell them what he did to you. Don't talk about it like you were his mistress, because you weren't. You know that. We know that. I'm a woman. I'm telling you that. There's no way. Not gonna go have an affair with the president of the United States and hold on to a dress so I can have proof and show it to people like here it is. No, she was raped. These are these the Clinton cartel, the Obama cartel, Bush cartel, they're all cut from the same cloth. There's actually research from a little girl who's like 12 that links all the presidents of the United States, aside from President Donald Trump, and then uh, that Dutch guy, Van Van Buren, that was a president of the United States. Only those two people, are not from the same bloodline. Are you getting this? Even Barack Hussein Obama is linked to every other president. There's, there's, there's like legit genetic research that was done that they all come from like the same type of family, so they're all kind of linked together, related, which is pretty weird, right? So all these cartels that have come and gone at some point are linked together, and they're all bloodbound. Let's say right? all of them are bloodbound. And they obfuscate what the real issues are on a global or galactic scale, let's say. Well, we need to understand it for the first time in a very long time. We have a president that is impartial, a president that is for the people. He's for his country, for the people, for freedom. And also, giving the hand out. He's giving his hands out to other countries to prop them up so they can be free as well. This week will be a week To remember. A week to remember. Because for the first time in a very long time, people will be held accountable for the crimes against the people. And that could be national security, that could be how many fast, but this is only the beginning. And watch them come out with more attacks on a global and local scale as they panic. They will start making less sense. And everything will make more sense to you now that they make less sense. On that note, I wish everyone a great evening. From everyone here at Red State Talk Radio, God bless. See you same time, same place, Monday through Friday, 12 to 2 Eastern Time on Red State Talk Radio. Music